Whatever, bro. It's making fun of me because I, I love wheat. 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 Wheat with a T. Oh, T. Wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Wheat with a T. Definitely. So I've got a bad, really, really bad memory, so I can't remember exactly what I said on Monday. <laughs> He's a fairly formal goat, but he likes to party. Chase. This is a New England. It's supposed to look like orange juice. <laughs> okay, here we are. Chapter 10, Sonder Stories. Justin Neff, alongside everyone's favorite Sonder Stories co-host, Chase Legler. Chase, what's up? Hey, everybody. I expect one time I'm just expecting you to, to dive just a little bit deeper oh. with a little more energy, <laughs> and it just wasn't today. That's okay. Yeah. What's that? It's early still. <laughs> We are one day late on the release of this podcast. Sorry, everyone. Thank you for continuing to listen every week. Uh, as always, we are live from the Sonder Brewing Podcast Studios on the second floor of the production area in the brewery. If you hear anything in the background, it's because our production team is hard at work uh, doing a double brew day. Chase was here super early getting that rolling, and, and the team has now taken over. So if you do hear anything in the background, sorry for that, but... but but that's why we're still an amateur podcast studio here. Got to make the donuts. That's <laughs> Don't, dude, I love donuts so much. We had a meeting yesterday in, in the tap room, and the client who came in for the meeting brought donuts, and I think I ate half the box. I didn't have a single one. Yeah, I was really proud of you. But, still on my diet. But <laughs> we, we were last week at Craft Brewers Conference at CBC in Denver. Had a great time. Uh, made some, some great connections. And um, it was great bonding for Chase, Jen, and I to be out there. And uh, Chase spent a few extra days out there. So when he came back, I think he was ready to uh, ready to take a take a little bit bit of, bit of a break. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it was it was nice to. I went up uh, to Fort Collins and hung out with uh, uh, some really good friends of ours, and uh, didn't really talk about beer for a couple of days, which was actually kind of kind of refreshing. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. We got back uh, on Thursday night, and. Uh, super late, and Friday night we were hanging out, and Liz cracked a beer, and I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm good tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so today's episode is brought to you by our Sonder Brewing IPA glass. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Beers taste really good out of it. <laughs> and uh, today we're talking about 92 Days, which is uh, one of our newest beers on the list. It's our traditional German... Hefeweizen. Chase is very, very quick and clear to remind me that it's Hefeweizen and not Hefeweizen. <laughs> now, Luke is always, is, is always uh, correcting me on how I say all the German words because his father is uh, very affluent in, in off Deutsch. So he's always correcting me in the German, the German beard terminology. Except it probably sounds a little bit like this when he's trying to correct you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we love you, Luke. Yes, we do love Luke. We do love Luke. Uh, as long as he's not whispering into the mic like he did a couple of weeks ago. That was weird. <laughs> uh, so last week we talked about Jeff. Jeff is uh, in the cellar today. He's another member of your team. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, uh, I, I highly encourage it. It was a little bit longer than some of our podcasts are on the beer, but, but we just love to dive deep on, on who our team is and, and really get behind the scenes a little bit. So, Chase, let's dive in. Uh, we're talking about the Hefeweizen, 92 Days. Let's start first on the beer itself. What makes this beer uh, such a refreshing, good representation of the style? And, and, and also, what makes it 
true to style and, and what you might get in Germany? Um, yeah, this, this recipe I wrote probably a couple years ago, and um, as I've progressed as a brewer, I've, I've definitely made some uh, changes and modifications to it. Um, uh, but this recipe was kind of really exciting for me. It, it was definitely more of a challenge. Um, it was decoction brewed. Um, it was a single decoction, and we also uh, did a little bit of an old-school German technique uh, using a house uh, lacto uh, culture and did additions into the mash on and into the kettle for um, natural uh, souring uh, to follow the Reinhardtsgebot. Um, so this beer was a lot of fun uh, for me to brew um, and also just to kind of tweak the recipe. I was, I was tweaking it up until basically the, the day I, I brewed it, actually. Um, but for me, the, the most challenging part for me was actually the yeast selection because I definitely need to have a, a German-style yeast, but I kind of lean more towards like the, uh, the Einger Brauweiss, where it has a little bit less banana and more clove. Um, and, but what sells most is more of the Weinstefan yeast strain out in the market, which is more banana, a little bit more spicy. Um, so I, I was back and forth on which yeast to use, and actually we were, we were in one of our team meetings, and Justin's like, why don't you just use both? And I was like, hey, why not? Whichever yeast uh, pans out. Um, and I actually started thinking about uh, Justin's statement, and I was like, you know, I was, I was concerned about using the Weinstefan yeast because it's very powdery, so the yeast will just stay in suspension. But the other yeast that I use, which is uh, German 3333 from Vi yeast, is um, definitely more flocculent. So I kind of was like, oh, it'd be kind of interesting to see what happens with a powder yeast and a flocculent yeast. And um, I really didn't want to filter it, which it's not filtered. Um, but what happened is uh, the flocculent yeast actually grabbed a hold of the von Stefan yeast and brought it down. So there's about 1.5 million cells per mil in this beer, which is exactly where I want it to be. I want it to be at basically one and a half to, to two and a half million cells. So it, it ended up working out really well. Um, for the flavor, it seems like the... The German yeast, uh, 3333, ended up kind of taking over more of the flavor profile, so you definitely get more clove out of it than uh, the banana, which I, like I said, I, I actually prefer. I, I love it. Um, I actually had somebody call me out recently from, from one of our podcasts, and he's like, you're just going to say you love every single beer. <laughs> when, and I do, um, but I was really, really excited about this beer. Yeah. We actually pulsed a group of our staff, uh, some of our investor group, and some of our friends, and we actually asked them, what was that, probably in February, yeah. what beers do you want to see us brew? And probably 50% of the room yeah. was as excited about this beer as anything that we had coming, and I, I think they're going to be really pleased with this. It's a, it's a great representation of the style. The thing, like many of your beers that I love, is that I can have three or four of them um, and, and sometimes with this style, even a really good representation of the style, I feel like after one or two, it's so full-bodied that I, I, I can't drink more of them. Mm -hmm. And this beer leaves me wanting more. And I, I would say, to your point on clove versus banana, I, it's interesting. It actually changes for me as it warms oh, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, as it warms, I get a little bit more of that banana. As it's colder, I, I, yeah. I get more of the clove up front, but it's, it's uh, very crisp. Yeah. Um, really quickly, back up for me, just uh, for our listeners, and, and we've explained this in a previous podcast, but just in layman's terms, really short, really quick, explain what a decoction is sure. and, and what makes this a little bit different. Sure, it's when you, uh, so you mash in like normal, but uh, after you mash in, you actually separate the mash out 
into a separate vessel and you boil a portion of it. Um, boiling it gives you more malleable reaction, uh, gives you color, gives you a little more depth and body to the beer. Um, so it's an old traditional way. Be, before you know the uh, the science behind thermodynamics and steam, um, brewers didn't know exactly what was going on as far as the enzymatic activity happening in the mash. But what they did know is that if they took about a third of that mash and put it to a separate vessel and boiled it, which is simple, you just have direct fire, bring it up to a boil, and they blend it back to that other rest of the mash, it creates this this product that they enjoyed. And they had no idea what was happening, but what was happening was they were actually bringing the temperature up of that mash uh, to a certain temperature range that um, stimulated enzymes that would break down these complex sugars into simpler sugars to, to actually give you beer, because most brewers yeast uh, can't, break, you know, can't break down and consume anything above like a dexrin uh, sugar. And is that something that, that most breweries do, or does that make us somewhat unique? Uh, yeah, or, or maybe you don't know the answer. Yeah, it's. I mean, a lot of brewers will argue that, oh, you don't need to because of the modification of, of, uh, of malted barley this uh, today. Which, yeah, that's that's true. Um, you definitely don't need to do it for any enzymatic reason. Um, but I think it's, one, it's fun to do. It's more of a challenge. Um, but also it just kind of adds a, a layer of complexity and, and depth to the beer. Awesome. So let's talk about the name a little bit. Um, as we were prepping for, much like many of our, our other stories, this beer actually comes way before we open. We had been talking for a really long time about what does that look like from a seasonal perspective. We felt good about our year-round beers. We felt like what was coming was going to make people excited. And then there was, okay, we could come up with 20 other beers we could brew. Let's hone in on a, on a couple that are really good. And from the beginning you were very confident in this recipe that you were building for this beer. And all of us, Daniel has, has been on record on this podcast as saying if he could only drink one beer for the rest of his life, in that short list would be Weinstefan yeah. Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. So Hefeweizen. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> so, um, or Alan, if you're listening, sorry, Luke's dad. Um, I'll, I'll probably continue to butcher that and call it a Hefeweizen. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we knew we were going to brew a Hefeweizen for the spring summertime and we started talking about do we do it in the spring do we do it in the summer what's that look like and so we said let's just do both and let's launch it right around springtime well it turns out there are 92 days in spring and summer and one of the things we decided to do uh, credit to our marketing team i certainly wouldn't have thought about this but uh based on their thoughts and research adding a z at the end of it kind of uh exemplifies that it's hazy um much like Hayes, H-A-Z-E. So I, I, I can't speak to all of that because uh, that's certainly not my expertise and, and Jen is not here today. But uh, I think it's, it's really brilliant to, to backlog that and, and say, okay, here it is. It's, there's 92 days in both. Let's run the course and let's just have this baby available from spring and summer, which is 92 days. And that's how we got the name. It also happens to be uh, the year that Jen graduated from high school. Oh. So... There's that, too. I'm not, do you think she's going to like that you shared that? I don't know. She, she shared it pretty openly. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Danny, Danny uh, our, uh, our, our producer, non-producer of the podcast, he's not quite <laughs> producing yet. One day he will. Uh, she, she shared that open. She's okay with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jen's yeah. cool with it. Uh, yeah. Cool. If, if she's not, I can't edit it out because since we're on the fly here, I'm not editing anything in this oh, podcast. Boy. It's completely raw footage oh, sent straight over. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good thing that's good content today. Yeah. Good thing it's early. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. 
you're actually quite talkative for not having had two or three beers. It's pretty well, I, uh, I woke Happy. up at 4.15 this morning and got to work, and I'm, it was, the double brew day is going really good, so I'm excited and you're happy. You're pretty juiced with a lot of caffeine, a lot of coffee? And no, I only had one cup, but I'm, I'm juicing these days, so I, I got some, some good, good raw sugars falling through me. <laughs> to be clear, when you say, ju- when you say juicing, you're not, oh. you're not like shooting steroids. Oh, no, no, I quit that <laughs> years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually juicing your own fruit? Yeah, yeah. I have a, the, the Ninja Bullet. So I said beet, beet, uh, beet juice. It's actually, it's funny. It's a lacto-fermented beet juice um, that I tried. It's, it's good. It tastes like dirt. So I like it <laughs> um, with, some, <laughs> with some fruit. And, uh, so it's like a smoothie consistency? Yeah. This is, this is really interesting. To yeah. Me. It's yeah. probably not so interesting to everyone else, but I'm wildly fascinated by yeah. this. Yeah, sorry, I'm fascinated juicing. by the idea of you juicing your own fruits. <laughs> and then I just put it in a ninja bullet, and then it just grinds it all up. But the, I have so many questions that we can't even we can't even go down the path, uh, or I'll just take us down a deep rabbit hole. Uh, is there anything else you'd like anyone to know about this beer or um, about this style or, or anything else? It's okay if you say no. Um, well, in the future, uh, one thing I really want to do, with, especially this style, but probably I would say probably ninety percent of our beers is uh, start getting into bottle conditioning. Everything. Yes. Uh, right now, we just we don't have the capability without our own can line. And it, uh, it would definitely need some more uh, a dry warehouse for storage because once you pitch um, live yeast and a little bit of sugar to actually ferment it in the keg and or can or bottle, um, you need to store it at a warmer temperature for about two weeks. Um, so one thing that I really want to do in the future with this beer is uh, do a, a true condition uh, with it. Um, right now, we don't have that ability. So Yeah, and, and that leads me to, to one other point. Uh, we actually had planned on canning this. Yeah. And this is a beer that, that in the future we plan on, uh, maybe even if we have to brew it again, maybe even later this summer, no promises. But it's certainly a style, again, that, that we all love and, and want to see continue on. Mm-hmm. In fact, Danny uh, actually sent me a text when we made the decision that we weren't going to can it. He's like, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm pretty bummed about that. <laughs> so I know, I know a lot of people to yeah. feel that way. Uh, I would, I would uh, implore our fans and, and those listening to hang tight. Uh, it's coming. It's just one of those decisions that we had to make uh, from, a, from a perspective of not only the financials, but just what's good for business. We have five packages out there yeah, right now, yeah. and we just have to hone in on what that looks like. But, but it is in our plans, mm-hmm. and, and we do plan to yeah. do that. So yeah. um, hang tight. And in other ways to consume it, come into the tap room, try yeah. it, um, mm-hmm. especially if you haven't been here yet. We have several other beers that are on tap. Uh, and... You can take it home in a crowler still yeah. as well. It is gold series, so yeah. and there's li- there's live yeast in it too, so it's it's going to have a, a good shelf life. That's a that's a really good call out. So, um, okay, if you haven't listened to our previous podcast, please do. Um, if you don't follow us on social media, please do. Um, and if you haven't rated or reviewed the podcast and you like it, please do. If you don't, I guess you can as well. Tell us. <laughs> may, maybe don't review it and tell us how much you hate it. Just, uh, well, just just tell us why you hate it. Right, but maybe don't review it and tell us that. <laughs> just find a way to contact us elsewhere and we'll make it better. We're just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank you for continuing to listen. It is good. We love bringing you into the backstory of these beers and um, just getting you all an opportunity to know more about it. So thank you for continuing to listen. Uh, thank you for uh, all the ways that you support Sonder Brewing, and we'll be back next week. We have a really good one coming for you next week. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, until then, uh, thank you, and uh, cheers. All right, thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.